calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. You're listening, watching, or whoever you're consuming media with uh, me, Brent Rollins, and the host, Josh Levine, the man who invented the word janky. Discovered. He discovered it. My bad. I don't want to correct you. I like your <laughs> better. Fuck off, Josh. <laughs> so. I'm not going to give you what you want. <laughs> What's up? This is Rebel Radio. What up? What up? This is DJ Newmark. This is Peanut Butter Wolf. It's your boy. It's okay. Keep checking out Rebel Radio. Rebel Radio. This is Rebel Radio. We're in the place right here. Uh -huh. Rebel Radio is going down. What did you say? Rebel Radio? Oh, wait. Let's do it again. Re Re Rebel Radio. What's up, Rebels? Welcome back to Rebel Radio, the weekly show where I bring you the Rebels who are shaping our culture. We talk about how they do it, why they do it, and what you can do to get a little piece of the pie for yourself. We're also the only show to bring you new music every week from our friends over at EDM.com. I'm Josh Levine. My guest this week is my old friend Brent Rollins. Uh, we definitely spent a little bit of time messing around and catching up. I hope you uh, like that part of it. Um, but Brent is an important person in our world. He's one of the people responsible for what our culture looks like. He was most recently a creative director at Complex Magazine. Um, he was also one of the co-founders of Ego Trip, which I'm sure a lot of you guys are familiar with. Um, he probably designed some of your favorite album covers, Gangstar, Blackstar. Uh, he'll tell you about some of those, as well as uh, the logos and, and posters for some of your favorite movies. He worked with John Singleton, with Spike Lee. Um, this dude has a pretty incredible body of work, and, and he's got some great stories to tell about how to find your how he's found his way creatively um, through this business, uh, how he stays kind of focused on quality when um, the, I think that definition keeps changing in, in both good and bad ways. Um, so it's a really interesting journey. I hope you're going to like it. Let's get into it right after the EDM.com track of the week.
Yeah, that was Ben Stereo Mode with Wolves and Owls, the EDM.com track of the week. If you like that one, get over to EDM.com, check out more new music. And now let's talk to Brent Rollins. And she was just like on the corner, like taking her shoes off and like throwing it across the street. And I'm just, you know, she looked pretty normal. <laughs> But it was, and she was just like yelling. I was just like, yo, what the fuck? And I'm guessing they're on some kind of drugs, but I'm also like, do people in San Francisco even do drugs anymore? It's like, it's so. Oh. I'm sure they do. Yeah. Well, like my man, I, I saw my man Dave Paul, who's a DJ up there. You remember the bomb? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I caught up with him the other day. And, but he was saying like cocaine is like back in a big way up there. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Oh. But in the club, you know, he DJs in the clubs up there. Right. He's like, I was, like, what, I was like, what's the club scene in San Francisco now with all these tech, like, tech people go clubbing or whatever? He's like, yeah, there's cocaine like everywhere. That's the rich people's drug. They don't know what else to spend their money on. Yeah, for sure. I mean, why not? Yeah. But if that's only recently? I guess. I mean, I think it's always been. Yeah, but you know, it's like the, the drug like waves, waves yeah. you know? So it's just like, I mean, I, I, mean, I'm, I mean, I guess because like, yeah, now it's like you can just walk in and buy buy some weed so it's not even about right. like yeah <laughs> you need you need to feel like you're doing something you're not supposed to be doing too yeah of course right like, yeah we can get we can get stoned all the time <laughs> yeah exactly i mean it, you know i don't know that makes i always wonder about that like i was when i was in amsterdam last year and i was wondering like you were yeah i went for uh this dance music conference okay and like did you win no <laughs> what kind of moves you got came in last yeah <laughs> Dead last. <laughs> Somehow, I'm not surprised. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't want to. I didn't want to uh, ruin. It your wasn't dreams. a dance competition. <laughs> it was a dance music competition. Well, it was a conference. Yeah, but you know, it. Somebody usually gets surprised at the end, like some sort of like. A... There was probably some awards. I don't know. I was. <laughs> I was not. I didn't win. Let me let's just establish that. I did not win. Um, but, and I don't think I lost either. <laughs> that was one of those like everyone gets a, everyone gets a gold star. Everyone's a winner. <laughs> <laughs> Millennials. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> it was a very supportive, competitive environment. But I was wondering what happened to the drug culture in Amsterdam. Like, oh, being that now weed is everywhere. Yeah. Well, when was the last time you went? You'd been there before. Oh yeah, I've been there a bunch. Okay. Um. So what was the break in between? I, oh, uh, eight years. Okay. So definitely. And like, it was different. I don't think so. If anything, it feels like there's a boost there. A boost. Yeah, because like, let's say you're from Colorado and now like weed is part of your culture. Right. But then it's like going to the Mecca. Right. Probably shouldn't call it that, but. Right. Um, but you right. know what I mean? Yeah. It's like right. going right. to the homeland of where right. this where this shit really came from. Right. Um, <laughs> that might change over time. Right. Right. You know, I was talking to. Speaking so it might, of, it might be like hip hop. It kind of like changes uh, poles, and it might go to someplace else now. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. But you know, if there was a museum in the Bronx of like where the birthplace. Right. Like that would. Right. In theory, like people would get more interested in that, as it spreads. Right. Right, 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 right. Yeah, but they probably. I think they don't. Don't they want to like de-emphasize the that the aspect mayor does, or or right. has they've had different. But that's what got them on the map. 
Isn't that always the thing, though? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You never want the thing. <laughs> yeah. You, you, know, you know. That's how it works. That's what, you know, it's like, that's why you live there. You know, right. you can't, you know, not you, but him. Right. You know, they got to do something to counteract uh, Black Pete. <laughs> you been to Amsterdam? No. You know about Black Pete, though, right? No. Piet Zwart. Piet Zwart or something like that? That sounds like Black Pete. Yeah. My Dutch, my... Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> In four words of Dutch, I speak. Yeah, Black Pete's like this. Uh, every Christmas, he's like Santa's uh, hype man. Oh, I thought he, I thought you were gonna say he's like his nemesis. No, that would be dope. No, no, yeah, the anti-Santa. Yeah. We need like a dark, <laughs> dark Santa, dark Santa. <laughs> <laughs> you should do a, a comic Santa. series. Yeah, he takes he takes shit. Yeah, um, but Black Pete is is all these dudes walking around in blackface, and and uh, and the oh kid. really? Yeah. So and there's like like there's little toys and but chocolates. like blackface like blackface. They're in straight up full blackface on some like you know like Europeans Moors okay kind of referencing shit. But because <clears throat> in theory, I don't mean to start a, a racial you know issue on this podcast but yeah, man, that's, that's, in theory that's what I'm about. you could there there could be reasons for painting yourself black that don't have anything to do with black people i mean it always is about like yeah he went down the ch- maybe he's the guy that goes down the chimney first right you could be that, that sounds pretty like uh, go let the the black guy do it though no you but i'm just mean? saying <laughs> like like uh like a cat burglar, right? Like they covered themselves right. in black. Yeah, no, right? he's, like, he's he's not. Okay, he's so not that, covered not in soot. Okay, his face is. Got it. Got it. Got you it. You know, and okay. he's got the lips and and all that kind of stuff, like red lips and whatever. So he's kind of like. So now they're 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 have, they're having this crisis now because like culturally it's like such a part of their their thing, yeah. their celebrations, and you know you're not supposed to do that. Yeah, and then, you know, and then there's always people that are like, well, we're not making fun of, you know, it's like, you're right. not, but you are, you know, you just don't think of it that way, but people get offended by that shit, so, yeah, it's like a thing now, crisis, crisis. That's crazy. Amsterdam, yeah, uh, it's not I don't know about that. Yeah, well, now you know. <laughs> um, this is the Black Pete uh, episode <laughs> on Rebel Radio. Uh, we're we're only going to talk about things that have to do with blackface. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yo, yeah. thanks for doing this. Yeah, thank I've you. been trying to have you on for like a long time. Put me on. That's right. Yeah, have Ashley, you, put have me you on. on? Yeah. Well, you know, you put me on. If anyone, you put me on. Did I put you on? I think you put me on. How? We can what talk did about I do? it. Okay. Uh, do you remember how we met? Probably through Butchava. Oh yeah. I didn't realize that. Maybe? Nah, that's good enough. Possibly. So, um, the Israeli connection. Damn. <laughs> that's deep. That's a good movie. Yeah. Um, okay, so we went to college together. Yeah. For everybody listening, the UCLA. UCLA. Yeah. Um, and, like, you know, there was a small group of us that were really into hip hop uh, at the time. I always talk about on the show how, like, what a crazy idea that is that, like, everybody didn't know about hip hop. Right. Um, the anti R and B. Well, for me, it was the anti rock. Yeah, but hip hop was also anti R and B for a moment. No doubt. Um, although I, I kind of was always into both. Into R and B. Well, you know, yeah. I mean, it was it was on some like the punk rock to classic rock. But I remember this <clears throat> kid know. like in like fifth 
fifth grade, which is really for me, you know, that was 1980, so that's, no, I got my dates hey, wrong. Regardless, Stone I remember Ridge. some kid It was being a black like, and white, yeah. I remember some kid from my neighborhood being like, oh, I don't fuck with soul music, I fuck with hip hop, or he right. said rap. Yeah, At yeah. the time, right? And yeah. so, like, you're right, there was that whole yeah. thing of it, but, but to me at UCLA, like, there was like mainstream culture was like all about Soundgarden and Nirvana and all that. Okay, right. And then there was a few of us <clears throat> that, that were into hip hop. And right. so, um, uh, but what's interesting about, so I think that's how we connected. Possibly. Who knows? <laughs> I can't remember. And, um, and then, you know, somehow I've, I learned that you were a designer. Or and, trying to be. Uh, no, you were. That's my point. Oh, yeah. Is that you were a designer? You were, you were fucking with uh, John Singleton and yes. like real, and like you know, there's a bunch of us idiots on campus who like all <laughs> thought like we were trying to do something, and then you're actually doing it and like making money and yeah, creating at like a super young age. Yeah, yeah. How'd that happen? Oh man, um, how did it happen? That's a great question. <laughs> I think, yeah. For anyone who's 19 for anyone listening, who's, like give them the secret the for how you just close. blow up immediately. I'm kind of like, I think like part of my life has been a little bit of uh, Zelig or Forrest, Forrest Gump. Yeah, Zelig, look that up. <laughs> Google that. <laughs> uh, MDB for, that shit. Yeah, maybe Forrest Gump is a better reference. Even okay. Though you know. But I kind of been in different places like at the right time or my paths have crossed. Uh, with people, a lot of people actually, that have sort of like done things. It's interesting how like when you get older or as you progress, you know, just the people that cross your paths and, yeah. you know, later on they're doing stuff and, yeah. and, it's, and it's cool. Um, so I was that person uh, then and, and uh, you know, I'd always been interested in, in doing graphic design and, and um, was fortunate enough to have my father who was kind of like an artist renaissance person himself. Uh, introduced me to that so so that was there was always sort of like a, a preference and an interest in it and also just uh the understanding how what graphic design communication design whatever is sort of a method to sort of reach people okay so that was always kind of like my my interest and uh having a father my father's black my mother's vietnamese um there's a whole other, that's a whole other story but just having a father who was trying to um, do certain things during in, in 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 the entertainment field and in Hollywood, like at that time, and seeing his uh, challenges, um, and also sort of understanding things in the bigger context of like post civil rights and uh, ha uh, how important imagery is to uh, defining or um, guiding uh, culture. Uh, was very interesting to me. You know, I, I still under, I understood that at a, at, a, at, a, at a young age. Okay. You know, when I was probably like 14, 15, I was drawing marketing campaigns for fake movies, you know. Like, nice. So I had this idea for a movie. Okay, so there's, there's sci-fi movies about aliens, right? Sure. There's sci there's, and there's like horror movies about ghosts, right? Okay. How about an alien ghost? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Right? Yeah. Yep. All day. Yeah, so that's, that's on Netflix. Yeah, so that was one of my ideas. Was like, that's yeah, amazing. It was like, a, it was like a, it was like a spaceship that crashed. That's definitely was, like a Hulu. But it was haunted by the, by the, by the ghost alien. All right. <laughs> you can see it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. 
it's supposed to happen. Well, that's okay, right. That's a freebie. What was it called? Oh man, it's probably like, probably like Space Ghost or something. You know, <laughs> not Space Ghost. Not Space Ghost. The, uh, the coast Super, to coast. Yeah, no, um, that was a good show. An animated. Um, oh, what was my man who did the voice? Gary. Uh, I don't even know. He's, he was this dude who's like a like a TV announcer, and he had like a bushy, this white dude, he had like a bushy beard, and Gary's like, Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. If you saw him, you'd be like, oh, because totally funny. That's funny. Rebel Radio is brought to you by the Capital One Walmart Rewards Card. Earn 5% back at Walmart Online. Games for the kids, headphones for dad, a laptop for mom, doesn't matter. You get 5% back at Walmart Online. You also earn 2% at Walmart in-store, restaurants, and travel, and 1% everywhere else. When you want all that, you need the Capital One Walmart Rewards Card. What's in your wallet? Terms and conditions apply. Capital One N.A. Uh, yeah, so I, that's, that was my, my, my initial interest uh, and sort of like direction. And so fortunately, I uh, had some friends... Uh, who I actually made friends with John Singleton because uh, at the time, I, before I went to UCLA, I was going to Long Beach State, which was like 30 miles away from basically oh, wow. where I lived. So, and I was studying design, but because uh, one of my best friends went to USC, I would hang out at USC okay. during my time at Long Beach. Yeah, that's a lot of driving. Yeah, because it's a lot of driving. So I was like, you know, if I wanted to hang around people my age and whatever, right. that's where I would hang out. And that's how I met John Singleton. Um, but actually before that, uh, through the same friend, we uh, we have another friend whose sister was doing like uh, the casting for Spike Lee's films, mm -hmm. and she had just done uh, School Days, and uh, uh, I'm sorry, she'd done School Days, but then uh, Do the Right Thing was coming up, mm -hmm. and so for the publicity photos, and they were shooting the poster for Do the Right Thing, and they need, and that was happening out here on the West Coast, so. They were like, hey, we need some people, we need some kids to be in the backgrounds for all the publicity shots and all that kind of stuff. So <clears throat> enter me, uh, enter my friend and, and us, uh, some other friends, to be sort of like the extras in these shoots and nice. all that kind of stuff. And that's when I had met the art director who was working on the posters. Mm -hmm. And I told him, I was like, hey, this is what I want to do. And because of that, he kind of, I became an intern for him. Oh, cool. Yeah, I and uh, got to kind of work on some designs and nice. pitch some stuff. So, um, yeah, so th the bigger thing was, like, uh, I'm in the Do the Right Thing poster. Like, my feet are the, the top right corner, <laughs> the Air Jordans. Look it up. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, so that's kind of like my weird kind of claim to fame is, like, yeah, those are my feet in the that's poster. That's amazing. Uh, or my skinny ankles. So it's hard for me knowing you. <coughs> uh, it's hard for me to picture you kind of walking up to the art director and pitching yourself because because you're just a really laid-back dude and you're yeah. like you're like uh you know again it's it's you know you know we we were friends in college and and like we've known each other a long time and there's still like i'm sure there's still so much of your work i don't even know about because you're so kind of laid back and understated about it yeah and so it's hard for me to picture well there's you, also like, a lot of work that i did that i was probably not very uh <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, I get it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I hear you. Um, yeah, it's so funny. I was just ta I was talking with someone about that this morning. Yeah, I think I, I think I always knew that I was like a background person, or wasn't okay. interested in being in the fore foreground, or rather, I would want my work to speak for me. Mm -hmm. And um, <clears throat> it's not that I didn't want 
to be known for things. It's just that it was really about like the path to get there to be uh, for notoriety or whatever, or, or visibility was through the actual what you actually made. Yeah, you know, if I can critique the world of social media now, you know, it's it's all about like their their image and the branding, but it's less about what you're actually about. Yeah, um, or the quality of your work. Um, and uh, who knows, maybe if I was born later, that that would be my frame of mind also. But that was my frame of mind then. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm not really the kind of person that talks about my, my history or the things that I've done. Um, I'd rather let those things sort of speak for themselves. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, I think now having all those things in the past, I, I do want to talk about them because it is about kind of like sharing and excuse me and saying to uh, to other folks like yeah this is this is how I did it mm -hmm. and hopefully you can learn something from the way sure. that I did it you sure know? Um, and and also uh, if it if the things that I've done or participated in or collaborated with actually uh, affect your world that's pretty cool to me yeah. so um, it, it, it that also makes me feel good to know that like the things that I did actually had some sort of impact. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I definitely think they have from, you know, designing for Black Star, for Black Alicia's, for, uh, yeah, Gangstar. Anything Gang with Black star. Yeah. or Star in it, <laughs> you know. Uh, or there's, there's, there hasn't been any, like, there hasn't been Gang Alicia's yet. Uh, maybe, maybe you should start that. Yeah. It could be a fake, uh, fake group that this you was, designed for. This will happen. That's amazing. Um, so, you know, I want to talk about that and I want to talk kind of, I want to dig into something you mentioned about kind of how that fits into this current era we're in with social media and that. But, um, but let's go back a little bit and talk about music. Let's go back. Um, do you remember the first record you ever bought for yourself? <laughs> Unfortunately, I do. <laughs> uh, uh, Pac-Man Fever, maybe? <laughs> Okay. <laughs> um, but I can, you know, yeah, my, my first purchases were not that significant. The first sure. CD I ever got, because I wanted something, like I finally had a, I had a car and a stereo and I had a bass tube in it and an mm -hmm. amp and I mm -hmm. wanted it to bump. Was like a dance hall compilation. Oh, okay. And I'm not even a dance hall guy, but for some reason I wanted a dance hall compilation. So it's got like. Is that right? Yeah, it's got, you know, like Shelly Thunder and uh -huh. stuff like that on it. Sometimes my month again, cool again, cool Sometimes my month again, cool again, cool again. Sometimes my month again, cool again, cool again. Sometimes my month again, cool again, cool again. What do you know? Maria, my nanny, me, a But musically, the most influential stuff was actually like my my godfather my father's best friend was like a music critic mm -hmm. or a writer mm. or he's a writer and, and among the things he did was, was was music critique for like magazines and stuff like that so we used to get all these records and we would go you know I'd always be over his, the house over the weekends and my god sister who is my same age or maybe a year older um, you know she was super into all this stuff so through that Musically, I was exposed to like Stevie Wonder mm -hmm. and Earth, Wind, and Fire, and Queen, The Beatles, you know, Led Zeppelin that mm -hmm. way. Um, but then also um, through their album covers, 
And um, yeah, because I, I distinctly remember looking at uh, mentioning Stevie Wonder just because I remember like the Secret Life of Plants, the yeah. embossed cover, yeah, and, yeah. and you, you know the Queen cover with that weird sort of Iron Giant-looking robot. Kinda, mm -hmm. uh, I forgot the album cover, the album title, but those were the things I that I remember, and that was the music that I remember. <laughs> Even where you left, like she was into like the Bee Gees, so it's like no. Oh, wow. So like like when the Bee Gees did like this Sgt. Pepper movie. Do you remember this? No. It's crazy. Is that right? Yeah, it's such a bad idea. But it's like if you look it up on YouTube, you're like, you'll, your jaw will just drop because it's so crazy. But it's it's this weird late '70s movie where the Bee Gees are essentially playing the Beatles, mm -hmm. and it's like this weird opera centered around like the Sgt. Pepper album, and there's no vocals in it except for the songs, and it's bizarre and strange. It's cool because like Aerosmith is doing like Come Together. Mm -hmm. And um, it's got like uh, Steve Martin is doing uh, Maxwell's Silver Hammer, <laughs> like all this crazy oh, shit. craziness. That's hilarious. And uh, yeah, but it's a pretty oh, bad yeah. movie. But um, but it had this really cool uh, poster or a really really cool uh, artwork for it, where it was like the it was like the Sergeant Pepper. It, was, it said Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, and it was like a like a horn instrument shaped like a heart. It's just it's just cool. Um, so those, all those kind of like visuals really, I say that to say like all these visuals were like really effective. Sure, yeah. Um, and so, uh, yeah, those are kind of like how I started under understanding or making a connection between like graphic design mm -hmm. and, or communication arts, how you ever want to look at it, mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and, and music, mm. and music culture. Interesting. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a little strange, but yeah. No, I get it. I mean, I think, you know, we, we, um. You know, culture is as much visual as it is yeah. sound, right? And this was all pre before music videos and all that sort of stuff. So yeah. the way the packaging looked was the the the, uh, the visual or like I like to use the word ambassador, um, the visual ambassador for mm. for, for, for uh, the calling card for a lot of uh, musicians. I like that. Yeah. What um so after college, if I remember, did you go to rap pages? Was yeah, you, so straight out of college. Uh, when I was in, when did we do? I think it, no, I think I was still in school. I was probably finishing up the last year because I finished. Okay, late. and uh, so I'd done some film logos. I'd worked on like, so I did the Mo Better Blues logo. Yep. I did uh, Boys in the Hood logo, Poetic Justice logo. Uh, through Poetic Justice, worked with like Don Cornelius. He reached out to me to work on Soul Train. Mm. Uh, did Dead Presidents. Did the uh, the movie. The movie. Yeah. Yeah. Just the the, the title. Yeah. Um, so you know all these all this kind of like Black Hollywood mm -hmm. stuff is happening, and they kind of reached out to me, which was cool. Yeah. You know. Um, and I think during that time, yeah, I had a uh, I was living uh, my part. Where I was living, my, my, my roommates and friends downstairs, uh, we had like a house party, I think, and I'd had, you know, so a bunch of people came through. It was, it was interesting because like when I look back, it was like, I think like Freestyle Fellowship was like in our backyard. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and then Sheena Lester, who was the editor-in-chief mm -hmm. of Rat Pages magazine, a magazine published by Larry Flint, the pornographer. Amazing. Which was, which was, which was another kind of weird thing to cross paths with. Um, so she was at the house party, yeah, and I showed her like a portfolio of the things that I had done, and she was in need of an art director. Mm -hmm. 
and at the time I was thinking like, oh yeah, I would love to do album covers. And so that was like my entry to do okay. album covers yeah. or, um, you know, again, making this music and visual sort of like connection. Mm -hmm. And also I think at the time the, it was, it was really like the Source magazine was like the number one sort of like, it was the source for, for hip hop information and all yeah. that sort of stuff. And, um, and being a fan of music, uh, being, being a fan of hip hop, I was like, yeah, I want to contribute to that. And also having in the back of my head this history of like what pu publication design looked like and mm -hmm. what, what magazine covers look like and what a really cool magazine covers and what a really cool album covers. Like I was like, I want to do something like that to that world, you know? So um, I looked at like going to work for Rap Page as an opportunity to get my toe into that. Yeah. You know. Um, so yeah. was that like, because it seems like, you know, given all the work you had done in college, it seems like you could have easily gone, you know, to work in a movie studio or kind of in the. Yeah, I didn't, know, I, I didn't, land. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't go work for movie studios because I'd had some, already had some experiences uh, working with studio people mm -hmm. and um, I didn't like them. Yeah. I don't like the world of entertainment. I don't like the people. I don't like how shady it is. Sure. And, and I don't. So get into music. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, where there's not even as much, uh, well, there's money, but they, right. they definitely try to. For sure. I, w I would say like Hollywood definitely like they, they won't cheat you out of money the way you right. music will. Totally. <laughs> um, as I say that on, at, at, at the, uh, in the studios of a particular record label. That's right. Um, they don't care. Yeah, they don't right care on. what we think. Right on. Um, yeah, I just wasn't feeling the entertainment world, and uh, or or Hollywood. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, also, like, music was a little bit closer to me. Mm -hmm. You know, um, and it had and it was also enabled me to to be a little bit more uh, direct with uh, the ideas and concepts, and not have to be filtered through the needs of a marketing arm yeah you know or people who don't have informed opinions about stuff yeah you know so yeah that was my attraction nice well you mentioned the source so i got to share a quick story all right um that you <laughs> you probably remember but you know I, I got when i was writing for the source i used to write for rap pages source and a bunch of other <clears throat> uh, very well actually thank you that's very kind <laughs> um I'm, I'm, I'm i it i have those archives sitting in my garage and once in a while i like threaten myself that I'm gonna go. I'm too scared to look at to look at your writing. Yeah, cause yeah. I, I think it was actually terrible. Um, but I thought I was, I was just flattering. You. I yeah. thought it was terrible then. Yeah, uh, I've always hated everything I've ever written. <laughs> Great. Um, but uh, so yeah, I got an assignment to go interview Warren G. Mm -hmm. And oh yeah, uh, and they gave me <laughs> I the ability to hire a photographer. Yeah, and so I brought you. Yeah, um, and uh, we went to what happened to those photos. Well, so I guess they got published. I mean, we we went to the wow. uh, we went to the studio on a Saturday morning, right, to interview Warren, who you know at the time was ready to be the next Dr. Dre. Yeah, and uh, and he was drinking, and he was um, <laughs> very vocal about his displeasure with Dre and Suge, and his beef with um, whoever he had like beef with like six different people, and yeah. he kind of unloaded on all of that. And um, so I wrote the story and 
you know, you send in the photos to the source and then, um, and then, so at the time, like the label or the, the magazine, they would send out advanced copies to all the labels. Right. Like the, like three days before it hit the, the streets. And, um, so they called me, uh, Reggie from the source called me and said, I need your, I need the tapes of your interview, mm -hmm. which I'd never asked for. Um, but I sent those off. And he was like, you know, uh, Suge called and said he's going to burn our offices down. Warren called, crying, said Suge's going to kill me if this article comes out. Lior from Def Jam called and is threatening us and whatever. So he's like, I just need to know that what you say he said is what he actually said. Mm -hmm. And um, and it became this huge thing. And, you know, they called me and said, you, you may not want to go out for a little while. Right. Uh, kind of lay low. Right. And whatever. And, um, you know, obviously he, he said all that stuff. And and uh, I remember you and I kind of walking out of there going like, wow, that wow. was that was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know where I thought you were going to mention? No. Did I? Is it, is it more embarrassing to me? <laughs> no. It's tell, right. tell one of those. <laughs> I, I remember during the course, during, as he's talking, this was the first recorded. I, I will. I will. I will put this on my, my, my mother's grave. This was the first recorded instance and in public uh, uh, dispersion of the term janky. Oh, shit. <laughs> I think you're right. Because <laughs> when he said something, he said, he said janky, and we kind of internally both like, were like, what the fuck is that word being? And laughing and just, think, and just thinking it was the funniest word in the world. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot all about that. But I think you're right. I mean, uh, yeah. So jank, you like so uh, we kind of like Columbus uh, janky. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, now I got to go back and look at. See, now <laughs> I have to go was, look at the article, see if that made it in. Because it's one of those words. Was like, okay, I know what he means, but like this, this word just sounds mad funny, and 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 we were kind of like afterwards just like laughing about it. And I think I remember you wrote something that said like. I'm not saying I made this shit up, but I was the first to step in it. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> oh, see, that is good writing. Damn, all right. I'm going to post that. I'm going to find that article and post you gotta it. You got to find it. Fuck it. Yeah. That's so, hilarious. So janky. Um, that's funny. I mean, that was a time when, you know, both all this crazy beef and chaos right. in, in hip-hop. And what, also all What these, year was that? That was like... That was 95... <clears throat> I think. I didn't like that 94. time, man. You didn't? No. Why? Because, man, it was like, for me, coming out of... Look. My first... Okay. My first attraction... Not my first attraction. I went to New York in 1988. 88. Okay. All right? And so, that was like a year that like, it was like... Public Enemy, yeah. Nation of Millions, was the biggest record in the world. It's huge. The federal government is the number one killer and destroyer of black leaders. Take a look at his style. Yeah. Take a check at his sound. Off the record, people keeping them down. Chick a chick in Miami. Terminator X packs the jam. Who gives a fuck about a goddamn grammy? Anyway, and I'm saying that and it's not just because it's sonically. It's like culturally, it was like this major mm -hmm. happen mm -hmm. happening, right? And and this whole sort of like consciousness and like. 
uh, you know, like not renouncing, but it got you know it got people to stop wearing gold, like mm -hmm. you know, just like to, to talk about like political things. Yeah, and uh, uh, also just the sort of big bang of like all these different types of styles of of expression through hip hop, um, particularly in New York, and particularly just like all these classic records. Came sure, out. you know, that's like I always say, like being in New York in 1988. In the summer, I was like being in like San Francisco in like 1967 or mm -hmm. something like that. It was just like wow, I mm -hmm. was here to watch this as it happened. So my perspective has always just been like you know like just really more like I, I don't want to say like goody goody or pop you know, but it was just like I wasn't just down with kind of like all this kind of like negative shit, right? Mm -hmm. And particularly like coming back to, to to LA and just like seeing all this like gang shit and when it was really serious, was it was just not a land that I was. I wanted to go in mm -hmm. into and it, and, it, and it sort of it bothered me like like I could listen to like and I mean I could listen to NWA and all that kind of stuff now and it's like yeah this is awesome but like at the time I was like this is not really cool mm. you know because it's not just the entertainment value for a lot of people it's like the actual shit that happens sure. to other people yeah um, and it wasn't something to be it, uh, that kind of activity is nothing to be proud of let me put it that way. It's not that it doesn't exist. So yeah, okay. That's just where I'm coming from, right? Yeah. Um, like again, now I can. I mean, it's like it's entertainment, and you know, I think people are probably less. I think a lot of it is just affectation now, or a lot of it, not not all of it, but some of it. But yeah, I think so. Like when all that kind of stuff was going, it was like so. I'm coming from like this perspective, like yo, I think this is just like dope for like people to express themselves and come up with different things. But that was like just a dark, fucked up period, you know, and 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 the era of violence or potential violence or you know just like going sure. to clubs and like, yeah. you know, fights, mm -hmm. gunshots, mm -hmm. like it's not cool. I mean, it's kind of it, it's electric to be there, right? But it's also kind of it's also not cool. Yeah, and sure. you know, um, and also just the the motivations behind a lot of the violence was really stupid mm -hmm. to me. So I could I stepped on some Jordans or Yeah. Like, you know, especially yeah. like like Los Angeles, it's like people would look for like really dumb reasons to get agitated. Mm -hmm. Whereas in New York, it's like I'm like, yeah, these people are living in like confined ass projects, it smells like piss, and yet they have a way to live with each other. I'm not saying that they get in fights and there's yeah, yeah people I mean, die. I think people I'm, are, I'm not saying that people, people definitely don't. get agitated in New York. Yeah. You know, every time I go to New York, I'm like, what the fuck did like, I do wrong? Aggro. Yeah. <laughs> What's everybody so mad at? But they also like they understand getting pushed up against somebody right. like in a tree. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah like, for sure. Where LA it was just like you know you can't get like ten feet is like invading your personal space. So I was yeah. just like, yeah, this is stupid, man. Yeah. So all that all that shit, I just was not. I just was like, yo, man, you live with your grandma. Like, why are you so hard? You know. You talking about me? Well, you know, I didn't want to put that out there. I did live with yeah, my You grandma. blew up your spot. I'm not, no. I'm not, well, not yeah. shy about that. What was your... <laughs> J-Loke. <laughs> <laughs> that was grandma's name. Um, yeah. No, I know what you mean. <laughs> no, so, so when all that stuff... It just was like, yo, this is like unnecessarily evil. Yeah. You know, and it was. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I think, you know, you're talking about, you know, music is a reflection of the culture that right. spawns it, right? And I think... Um, you know, but it, but it also then informs that culture, right? It's this, yeah. It's this two way. Yeah. It's a loop, right? Yeah. And um, you know, rappers are you know love to like 
sort of defend their lyrics or whatever by just saying we're you know we're we're reporting we're reflecting what's around us and I think missing the contribution that they make mm -hmm. um, you know for me and not that we we don't have to agree but I, you know for me I've always been able to enjoy you know I like gangster rap I like conscious rap I like mm -hmm. all of that because like there's to me those like they uh, they kind of hit different parts of me right like, yeah no I, I agree no that's, I mean I, I agree like I have a, I yeah. have aggression I have you know right joy I have all these you know different emotions and right. and different music or movies or whatever speak to different parts of that right right um, yeah I mean like as a listener again it's like your entertainment sure you right know? but then like there's a I don't know it's it's, it's an ugly form of expression if you look at it in, like in a bigger sense, because I'm I'm just like man, because when I'm looking at it, when I look at it is just like black black music. I'm kind of mm -hmm. like damn man, there was a time when people didn't even have proper civil rights. Sure. And yet the music and the expression was still about optimism and positivity. Mm -hmm. And I understand how that optimism and positivity can get broken but then it just became this ugly lashing out versus culturally saying like we can get through this so how did back to you right how did that affect your your art your you know what you're trying to communicate visually right because you're at that stage you're a young man kind of building your career how did that affect me? Because, well, my goal has always been to, tr you know, and I'm not saying I'm the best at this or, you know, everyone's going to have us have an opinion about things, but my intention is always to present black people, people of color in the best light and the best execution. Okay. Uh, because I think that with black people, everything is so temporal, mm. and the idea what, of like, and the idea that like it's like it's a, you know the perspective is a lot of like live for now, mm. and 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 so the idea of legacy and the idea of like cultural artifacts aren't part of like the the are, isn't what informs like the current state of whatever your production is. Not thinking like that far ahead about stuff like oh one day. You know, maybe like ten to ten years from now, someone's gonna like like this music on there, but someone's going to appreciate this music, or I'm gonna be a you know people are gonna call me a genius or whatever. Maybe that's your ego talking, mm -hmm. but the idea of like not just that, but like the things that I leave behind mm -hmm. are uh, going to actually uh, be artifacts that can potentially inspire other people, you know, or sure. or, or use as a as a as a as a baseline for like this is how you actually do something mm. you know so um yeah the goal was always to be like let me try to create imagery and presentation that is of a particular executional conceptual uh level um to enrich the culture is there one piece of work that you felt you were able to do that most successfully one piece of work. <clears throat> uh, I mean, there's probably things. I, th I would say, like, just 
there's something that I, that I did successfully that then became like a platform to, or, or, or the approach that then I had used to, to do other things. Mm -hmm. um, and I would say, I would say like during Ego Trip time, a lot of things started clicking mm -hmm. uh, creatively for me and executionally. So between like the Black Star album cover and between between that and between like actually like the Black Alicious okay. Nia album, which happened at the same time as like doing Ego Trip, where mm -hmm. I was like, okay, I've 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 developed and understood this like language of like using collage um, and how that stuff is put together. Mm -hmm. So it's not just about like you know I learned how to use the sampler, but it was like these are the kinds of samples that I use. Right. This is this is this is my method of how I chop things up. And like it's that. Yeah. Right. So those things started clicking for me. So everything kind of from that sort of like seed, everything kind of like went like that. Mm -hmm. um, so one particular. I mean, yeah. I don't. I don't know. Like. Okay. Those are those three things. I guess are the the strongest. Uh, anchors for me. Yeah. Yeah. At the time. Well, uh, so let's talk about Ego Trip because I remember, you know, you moved to New York. Yeah. So in 97, I moved to New York uh, just to get out of Los Angeles. I've been here my entire life. I've been in LA my entire life. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I didn't want to deal with Hollywood. Got a little bit kind of burnt out doing design for clients and stuff like that. Uh, always sort of wanted to spent some time in New York and needed a change. And you know, you know, it's kind of like when you're driving back and forth between like work or someplace. You're just like, how many times am I, have I gone down this street? I try to think about it. You know? Yeah, <laughs> like, for sure. And, and yeah, you know, I mean, and now that I've been gone uh, for 20 years and you know, I'm visiting in town right now and I've gone down a particular road that you have to go to my parents' house. So I'm just like, man, if I had stayed here, I'd been driving down this road for 20, <laughs> I would have, for 50, a long time, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, like, I'm like, yeah, I, I, I needed to change because, like, I felt like I wasn't growing. Mm -hmm. I, had a, I had an office. I mean, I had a studio space that I was sharing with somebody. I had an apartment. I had a car. I had a stereo. What else do I need? Right. You know, is there, is there more to life? Sure. So that was the thing that was like, okay, uh, you know, um, in addition to just some other sort of things, like, uh, let me just go and try something else out. And so, yeah, when I got to, to New York in 97, February of 97, uh, didn't know what I was gonna be doing. Um, Sasha and Elliot and uh, Mao, who, uh, who are writers, who are music journalists, um, and this was like still early on in their careers, they used to write for rap pages. Mm -hmm. And uh, so they were, they were out in New York and then Gabe, who was uh, the editor, Gabe Alvarez, who was the, one of the editors at uh, Rap Pages, he had moved to New York to go work on Ego Trip. Um, really just at the request of Sasha on some like, come sleep on my couch, punk rock. <laughs> it's not like he yeah. offered him any, it's not like there was any money. Yeah. But uh, Gabe was just like, okay, yeah, you know, let me do something else, which was, you know, really to his credit and, and exciting for that to happen. And so I, I kind of was like, yeah, I, I kind of want to leave too and came out to New York without no sort of idea about what I was going to do and, and all of that kind of stuff. Um, I mean, I had a friend, I had another friend who was like a screenwriter uh, that I met in LA mm -hmm. who, was, uh, who was from New York or from Brooklyn rather or, and uh, was out there. So he was like a friend and I had a couple other friends out there. So, you know, it's just like, let me just go out there and see what's going on. 
and let me see what I can sort of lend my sort of talents to. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had originally tried to find like a, some sort of like um, uh, charity or some kind of thing to work for. You know, I was trying to find something to, to do that didn't have to do with entertainment. But one of my good friends, uh, I don't know if you, do you know Am Hollis? Yeah. Yeah, so Am Hollis had moved out there to do modeling and stuff right. like that. So, uh, so she was kind of out there doing her thing and, and through M. Hollis, I met uh, my friend Eben, Eben Heath, who uh, was also doing stuff for like Triple Five Soul mm -hmm. and, and a lot, you know, uh, Giant Step and, and all that kind of stuff, um, doing graphics. And she was like, oh, you gotta meet Eben. And I met Eben and Eben had like a design studio with uh, this, this uh, another friend, uh, Michelle. Thorn and they were doing all this. They were, they had just started doing stuff for Bad Boy, and mm -hmm. so they were they were working on like Biggie's like Life After Death album, you know, before he died. Mm -hmm. um, and they were just like, yeah, you know, we're you know trying to work on this. So I did some I did some work on it, but I wouldn't I wouldn't claim that as sure. anything that I'd done. Yeah. So I was there, and it, so I ended up like trying to leave <laughs> right. music world, but it's like you know uh, I kind of got back into it, and then yeah. um, connected with uh, with Sasha and them because Sasha was just like you know Ego Trip needs a you know, needs a better look and mm -hmm. design and stuff. And I was like, okay, yeah, I had time to do it. And that's kind of like how I was like the, the fifth member of the, the group. Right. Right. And then, um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I thought Ego Trip was so cool. Obviously, you know, we, I was friends with all those, I didn't know Gabe, but the rest, mm -hmm. you know, and, um, and, uh, you know, I thought it was interesting how, you guys did what you did. That there was a very sort of, like you said, kind of punk rock aesthetic. Yeah. We had Sasha in the show, talked about it a bunch. And, and um, you know, and the fact that you did, I think what you guys did that was so interesting, right, is like you created this magazine that was by nature kind of underground-ish. Mm -hmm. um, and yet you were able to do a lot of the things that the sort of more mainstream outlets did like creating books creating tv shows create like well yeah yeah right i know that you know i'm compressing a long time yeah but but you know that was for me it like opened up the idea that like you know you don't have to go be sort of a quote-unquote mainstream success and then branch off into these mm -hmm. other things mm -hmm. that you can create this sort of vertical business right um and so i'm I'm curious though, you know, knowing all five of you, um, and I know obviously now that partnership is, is dissolved and everybody's doing their own thing, but like, how does that work? How do the five of you get in the room and make decisions and have like, there doesn't, from what I can tell, there isn't really a business person in that crew. No, um, <laughs> that's why. Right, uh, which I'm sure yeah. causes some challenges. And, yeah. and you know, yeah. but it also seemed to me that like, Probably no one really wanted that. Uh, to be that role? Or to have that person in the room. Like I mean, that. I think we needed someone. It's just that, like, it was, you know, Yuga Trip was like a band, and it was just like we right. were playing in our garage, basically. You know? Sure. And, and so when the band has some hits or has some attention, uh, you need someone to be able to say like, okay, you need an, either an A and R, or you need you right. need somebody yeah, to be like, manager. this is how, yeah, to manage. Right. And yeah, it was a little bit. Yeah, I think it was just because it was new. Mm -hmm. um, 
you didn't know where it was going to go and right. all this kind of stuff. So it was a little bit it was a little bit hard to to, to figure that out. Um, yeah, I think individually we I mean we took it upon ourselves to learn and observe what happened to because everybody's in this music sphere to to watch uh, the complaints mm -hmm. of 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 music artists mm. and their experience in the record business and complaining about promotion yeah. and and all this other kind of stuff. So we were like, okay, we're not going to let, you know, we're like them, right. except that we're not making music, we're making uh, media. Sure. And we're going to take it upon ourselves to promote ourselves, or we're going to use our connections mm -hmm. in the, at the time, the dominant media, or, yeah, I mean, it was print media, mm -hmm. you know. So we're going to use our connections to then uh, uh, promote ourselves, right? And, and, and we're going to do our own PR because we understand that world. Mm -hmm. So, and we were like, okay, for like the, for the book of rap lists, we were like, okay, um, everyone's doing these rap books. It's like hip hop started out in the Bronx when a DJ, you know, when DJ right. Cool Herc, blah, 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 and two yeah. turntables and Grandmaster Flash and all of that great stuff, right? But it's such an academic way to look at things versus like the idea like getting into it and like here's like uh, uh, what it's actually like to be a fan of this culture and and these are the things that we talk about and these are the things that we value and this is our perspective on things all done within this weird rapless book mm -hmm. you know and, and and written with a point of view and written with humor mm -hmm. and written with sarcasm and uh, critical about things and all that sort of stuff and so um, so, but we knew that our book, or we knew that our product was going to be different. Yeah. And at the same time, excuse me, coffee, Vibe was going to do their book, right. right? And we knew that Vibe was like the big mainstream outlet. So we're like, sure. okay, that's going to get all the attention. So let's, and, and our book is going to come out around the same time. You know, we know that like, let's piggyback off of Vibe because mm -hmm. we know that that gives uh, the print outlets more things to talk about. Mm -hmm. gives them more content. And you know now I think about it as content, but back sure. then it was just more like okay, we know that there's going to be a, there's going to be a book review, and, we, and it's not uncommon to see like here's one take on something, and then here's the other take right. on, on it, right? Yep. So 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 publications would talk about vibe and talk about us in the same thing, like and and we were in contrast to the mainstream mm -hmm. uh, music publication at the time, and we sounded more interesting, <laughs> sure. you know, yeah, um, yeah. and and so uh, it was also like. Um, because all the other books were these kind of like straight ahead sort of like historical tomes, the people that were really fans of stuff gravitated to our stuff because this was like a different take on this was the thing right. that they could actually relate to. This was the barbershop talk, sure. this was, you know, uh, version of hip hop history. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I th you know, but, but we were like very deliberate in, in, in saying like, no, we're going to uh, take control of how we're promoted mm -hmm. and how we're talked about and uh, getting on the radio and, uh, and talking about the book and, and, and all that kind of stuff. And, mm -hmm. you, know, you know, going into our own, uh, or, or their, you know, the other guys, because they've had a lot of the contacts, uh, Rolodexes sure. um, to, to, to promote. Yeah. You know, you know. So, so, yeah, just to, to, to get back to just like, how do we work together? It's like, we looked at those kinds of things and we also like knew, you know, broadly we knew what our lanes were and we could bleed into each other's lanes. You know, uh, everyone. You know, I mean, Sasha's a, a, a phenomenal writer. Yeah. You know, and his his perspective and his his wordsmithing is 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 like some ghost faced 
Mm -hmm. It's like some other shit, mm -hmm. you know. And so that that's his 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 thing. And then Mao's the the historical, you know, appreciator of things, you know. Yeah. Um. And then and then Elliot is also kind of like the who's doing what, what's popular, mm -hmm. and disseminating that, you know. Mm -hmm. And then and and then Gabe is just like the funny. He's really like the 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 the, the comedy. Yeah aspect of it you yeah. know um and then i was like i could do a little bit of comedy i mean i i'm not always funny in here like if i'm around funny people then i can this interview is hilarious is it really <laughs> uh um well thank you sorry let me just yeah. throw you <laughs> no but you know it's like so but it's like my comedy is a visual yeah right so like I, I would compare i always like to compare like terry gilliam monty python like okay you know like i would be the one to then uh, make it, you know, uh, take all these, all this guy's stuff and then present it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so we all had these, these roles to do. And I think it's important for any group to understand like what you're good at and what yeah. your strengths are. And then, you know, um, and then we all thought in, we all thought in bigger media terms, like, uh, you know, uh, most of us had some aspect of like TV film as, as our own personal history. Mm -hmm. You know, like Sasha's father was in television. Oh, I know that. Yeah. Um, Somehow he didn't mention that in our interview. Really? Um, I don't think so. No. Yeah, no, was his dad had, had done some, some TV stuff, okay. I think. Um, my dad had done some TV stuff, yeah. you know, and some film stuff. Mal went to NYU film school, mm. you know, and Gabe was like a, he had wanted to make films because mm -hmm. he, you know, he's, he's a film buff. Mm -hmm. um, so, and then I was interested in like a little bit of that film stuff and also just like mar the marketing of stuff and all that. So we all kind of came, we already had that uh, as part of our sort of internal interests and stuff like that. So when the opportunities to do the TV shows came along, we were like, yes, we already know how. Uh, we're already inclined towards it, mm -hmm. you know. The TV shows weren't what we wanted them to be, like VH1. Like we had done these TV shows for VH1. It's not your show. It's not our show. Yeah, it's their format. Right. And they wanted our like saison on top of it, right? Sure. Which so, is not, yeah, it wasn't what we thought we were going to get into, but that's what, in retrospect, I understand why it happened the way it did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, talk about that a little bit. I mean, you know, I think the White Rapper show. Um, Which was a reality show. Yeah. About 10 white rappers. The idea was to find the next Eminem. Right. And, and put these kids through this kind of like cultural boot camp. Right. Hosted yeah. with MC Search. Yeah, MC Search host. was the host with uh, 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 Prince Paul was yeah. was uh, this, the uh, the other host, mm -hmm. yeah, the co-host. Um, you know, I think that show had a big impact culturally, and yeah, uh, like you know, everyone was talking about it. You know, I think um, you know people have heard. I don't know. I think I've complained <clears throat> on this show about uh, what about your back. Uh, yeah. About what? Ingrown hairs. Oh yeah, for yeah. sure. <laughs> Complain about everything. <laughs> no, but about um, the impact I think Eminem's had mm -hmm. culturally. Mm -hmm. Like I, I think there's no disputing his talent, right. but the floodgates that it opened up for, uh, you know, for white rappers in general, mm -hmm. and um, uh, you know the and the the historical pattern that that 
represents relative to jazz, rock and roll. Right. 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 Um, is I think interesting and unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, so, but talk about that for you guys, right? Like, cause, cause you come from a certain perspective about music and culture and race. Right. And, and, you know, and here you had five non-white creators creating a show about white rappers. Right. Um, I think the idea, I mean, the, it, it first started off as kind of like a goofy offhand, yeah. off the cuff, Sasha, what if we put a bunch of white kids and we're trying, you know, yeah. and, and no, I can totally see that. Yes. Yeah. And what it developed into <clears throat> was, um, I think we understood, you know, cause here we were five people of color who were into hip hop, but also punk rock and mm -hmm. skating mm -hmm. at a time when that wasn't the norm. Right. Right. Sure. So, and, and, and wanting to be able to talk about those things and be into those things and, and have a platform for it. Again, it's like, it, it kind of sucks that like, it's such an obvious thing now, or it's such a like, it's, it's a de facto thing. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, and, and so like the, 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 uh, like how different it was at the time, sure, right? Yeah, um, and I think the under we did understand things in, in the sense of like the how history, uh, what happens with kind of uh, black music culture and how it gets co-opted. Mm -hmm. And I think we were kind of like, well, if if it's going to happen, let's at least say this is how you should do it, okay. right? Yeah, like like if you're going to do this, you got to understand the even as a, even in a joking way, you understand the history and the struggle of something, mm -hmm. and that's about as good as you can do. Mm -hmm. You know, like a, you know, it's like I used to say, like uh, like an idea. It's like once once you know, it's like it's not yours anymore at a certain point. Once it gets out in the out no into question. the world, it just takes on its own life, and you have no control over it. Yeah. So, but the idea of us of of us uh, presenting a show that says like, hey, you can't be a culture vulture. You we're going to put you through a simulation of uh, of of what people have gone through, who actually created this, um, was I think that's that's what we, how we saw it, you mm -hmm. know. And it was funny because like each episode, I don't know if it was apparent to people, but like each episode became the history of hip hop. Right. Like it starts off in the Bronx, right. <laughs> then the second episode is uh, I, I mean I can't remember, but then there's an area there's an episode that's about like. Uh, 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 conscious, like political consciousness. Then there's an episode that's kind of like about gangster rap. Then mm -hmm. there's an episode, and it actually, each episode was ended up being sort of thematically uh, similar to to the arc of of, of a of a common song. <laughs> of I used to love her. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, that's about uh, that's about the most or the that we can do mm -hmm. to say like, hey. Um, we, we see you and, um, check it out. We're not gonna make that easy. You know, or we're gonna make you, make, make people think about it. And it also didn't necessarily mean it was for, it, it starred white people, but it was really like a history for anybody. Sure. Yeah. If you're enjoying this one, let's go back into Rebel Radio archives. Uh, I had one of the other co-founders of Ego Trip, Sasha Jenkins, on the show. He's got some fun stories about um, kind of the old days, and he's become a, an accomplished documentary filmmaker. 
um, and he, he takes us through a lot of his journey as well. So you can check that one out too. Um, I know you've done work with some brands, you know, Nike, Undefeated. Yeah. Um, you've kind of stayed out of like advertising kind of mainstream brand work. Uh-huh. Which, um, <laughs> like, I think like Nike. This, well, <laughs> Those little guys. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But, but Nike's like the rare, right. Like, uh, right. it's funny. I had uh, someone on the show recently. We're talking about, you know, Nike's a giant multinational company full of a lot of kind of uncool white people mm-hmm. who, you know, arguably make the coolest, most credible brand in the streets right. for the last 30 years, right. 20, right? Like, right. It's a weird, but they stand alone as yeah. kind of their own yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, you, but, you know, I'm sure when you were at design school at UCLA, like, a lot of your classmates were, like, you go into advertising, that's how you make money. Yeah, yeah. That's how you build a career in design yeah. and make a lot yeah. of money and whatever. Right. Like, uh, what's... What's kept you out of that? Is there, was that like a conscious thing or was it more just like you kind of went down this other path and it just unfolded and you never thought about it? Um, in some ways it's been, it's just been like going with the flow. In other ways it's like I can't work for anything and anybody. Like, like the, there's a skill set that I have or anyone, there's a skill set that a creative director should have. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can apply those things, but I can't really apply them to things that I'm not interested in. Mm-hmm. You know, like I couldn't go work for Pfizer. Like I can make a ton of money selling, you know, pushing Pfizer, some drugs. Yo. You know, Pfizer, yo. Um, but I don't want to. You can make like snapbacks, <laughs> Pfizer snapbacks. <laughs> Actually, I mean, what is their logo? It's like a little, it's like a oval with a. I don't know. Pfizer. Yeah. Oh yeah, it fits uh, on a hat. Yeah, <laughs> it's hattable. <laughs> but. uh I just don't want to do it, yeah. you know, and I don't want to do it unless I actually, it's my name or it's my reputation. And I've done things that I'm not, I don't want to share. Like what? Well, no, it's, you know, actually, no, I've done stuff that, I, it's not that they were bad. Uh-huh. It's just that it's like, it's not what I want to be known for. Like I used, right. I did, like one of my clients was, um, and he's a great guy, um, this guy Walter Latham, and he he kind of uh, put together Kings of Comedy. Oh, cool! Yeah, yeah. and you know with like Steve Harvey and, yeah. and Bernie Mac and Cedric the Entertainer, and the work that I did for them was good. It's just not. It was just maybe too more commercial, mm-hmm. so it wasn't the stuff that I wanted to share. Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah, it's just not. It's not. It wasn't what I wanted to be known for, and it wasn't that. You know, it's like I'm. I'm very happy to to mention it and be proud. Sure. Proud of it. Yeah, but you um, don't go out and sell that. And yeah, because it's just not what I'm trying to attract. Okay. You know? Yeah, I think the the idea of like uh, the subcultural younger stuff was the things that really resonated with me and that maybe I can identify with. Yeah. Um, so are there brands? I mean, you know, we talk about Nike and and Undefeated, right? Uh, are there brands that you think are doing art using art the right way that are that are you know contributing to culture as opposed to just taking from it as opposed to taking from it yeah sure sure i mean they're gonna be smaller yeah right um i'm trying to think who specifically i mean i know that like 
Yeah, they're just like smaller, yeah, smaller labels and stuff like that that I think still care about things. I think, um, I'm, you know, it's funny because I'm thinking about like I'm thinking about Awake, you know, about you know this clothing brand Awake no. is like Angelo who used to be at Supreme. Okay. He was like, I think he was like creative director at Supreme. He was, I forgot exactly what his role at Supreme was, but it's just like he's just on some like, yeah, I just want to make something coming from the perspective of like New York City Latinos, mm-hmm. right? And it's still, you know, and pulling from like that vibe and that that thing. So I dig that, you know. Um, even like a Supreme, like now it's just a logo, right? Mm-hmm. But it stood for something. Sure. You know, people think, people are like, people now that don't understand the history of like Supreme, they don't understand like why it's big and whatever. It's because they actually, stu- they actually dope. were like, they yeah. stood, they were dope. They stood for something. And then it kind of became, it became something else. Yeah. Again, you can't control something once it's out in the world. There's once a point where then, you know, it's out there. It's like people, the, the a broader minded mainstream people just kind of took it. Right or attracted to yeah, it or whatever. Yeah, but when sure. they started off, they were just like, yo, we're about New York, downtown, art, right. whatever, you yeah. know? And that's what they, you know, it's like people think like they ripped off Barbara Kruger, like right. maybe they did, but it was part of the, it was it was a clever ripping off because early 90s, everyone was ripping logos off. That right. was the gag. Yeah, it was sampling M- You know, culture. McWeed, you know, right. like, like marijuana with the McDonald's logo. Yeah. That was the culture. Mm-hmm. So they were just being smart ass and say, instead of like ripping off pop uh, uh, um, mainstream stuff, mm-hmm. we're going to rip off or we're going to make a joke off of art, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But people don't think of it. They think that they're just like appropriating it right. for the sake of appropriating it. No, there was part of like, well, I think like the, the thing, the thought process or, you know, the, 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 yeah. the cultural perspective at the time. Sure. <clears throat> I think appropriation is like, you know, we... We, meaning today's society, we paint that in such a like black and white. Yeah, and it's really much more nuanced than that. It's right? it's that, it's that you know, and and I mean, you know this better than I do, as an artist. But like, you can't not be influenced by things. Right. 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 And and you can, or meaning you you can't always control what you're influenced by. Right. 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 And uh, unless you just shut yourself off. Sure, but that's, and even then, yeah, right? Like it, right. you're not—you haven't been shut off your entire life, you, right? There's this influence mm-hmm. finds its way in, and uh, and yeah, there are like blatant ripoffs that that was the intent, and that's we can all see it in the work, mm-hmm. but that's probably a lot more rare than the, you know the broader sense of appropriate. Like all creativity is appropriation, but in some sense, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like a there's like a video series or something called like about sampling or oh I'm sure I forgot what it was called but it's the, yeah it's that premise of like everything has kind of been done and you're kind of like right yeah referencing something yeah even like I'm I'm listening to the audio book of Miles Davis mm-hmm. autobiography right now mm-hmm. and like he talks about that it took him years to find his own style that right. he spent you know years even into his fame playing mm. like dizzy playing like oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. you know yeah. playing playing the trumpet like bird right. played sax right like right. and it, and then over time he created his own style right now you know what i mean so like right. and that's true of every every creation yeah 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 i mean you, you i mean yeah when i was like, when i was younger trying to get into the game yeah there was like 
there were some design styles that I would try to mimic, and this was like, you know, I mean, I'm not. I had to hand draw the stuff because it was, you know, sure. I mean, there's 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 fonts, but they're not digital or right. whatever. So if I was I was trying to pitch something, I would draw it mm -hmm. um, and ink it out, and so I'd have to learn the styles of different designers because, you know, number one, that's just, you know, maybe that's what was happening. Number two, I admired them. You know, and you're also kind of like trying to learn, like get into their, their mm -hmm. head about stuff. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, and then you, then, you, then you keep doing it and you finally get some gigs and then like your early stuff is always like trash. But then you have to like, you're mimicking stuff to sort of understand like someone's thought process, ideally. Of course. You know, I think, I mean, I have a critique that maybe a lot of stuff is being mimicked and they don't understand the thought process. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, you can but do that too, right? Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah, you know, because it's, and it's different, you know, it's like, uh, it's different now, I think. Um, but, if, you know, hopefully your goal is to then learn how to find your voice. And um, one of those things is like, uh, finding your voice was like learning and mimicking what other people do, just like you learn to mimic what your parents did and all this other kind of stuff. And then you start to go, well, what am I actually about? Mm. What am I actually interested in? And you have to start looking outside of, you have to start looking outside of those things. So like, even just like seeing like a lot of people that I admired uh, from a design point of view, they're like, we don't really, they're like, I don't even look at design, I look at art, mm. right? Or mm -hmm. I look at something else, or mm -hmm. I might look at like uh, architecture, or I might look at uh, a tree, I don't know, whatever. It's like, and finding the, the art and the creativity in those things and then trying to figure out like how that informs you yeah. and the things that you're actually interested in, then you, that you naturally are into, that starts to synthesize into like what you're, you're outputting your perspective in and if, you know, mm -hmm. now that you've kind of learned uh, all by, by rote, just the, the mechanics of doing something, now you're actually like applying those mechanics into something that you actually are, are attracted to and it creates this new thing, right. ideally, yeah. you know, um, for sure. the people that actually have that sort of like ability. Um, yeah, it takes a while to, to, to find your voice. You know, um, I think the importance of, of finding your voice is the things that like, I don't, I don't know how many kids want to find their voice or they understand that, you know, and I can be, I'm, it's not, that's not, maybe it's unfair to say that. Um, Welcome. <laughs> no. Welcome. But is, is that, uh, is that, am I right? That the criteria is different. Sure. Because before it's like finding your voice meant you got attention. Right. Right? Now everyone gets attention. So their motivations for doing stuff is different. Yeah. You know, yeah. like their motivation is just to keep that attention, to sure. keep that thing going. But they're not like, they're, they're not trying to be like, I'm going to do something different. Yeah. And be like, yo, fuck it. If, if you, you know, it's like, I'm going to do something different. If you're feeling it, you come along that, you, you come along the road, you know, for the ride. And so, then you build it from there. You know, it's, it's just, yeah, it's just different. So what does that mean for you? You're, you're a uh, highly accomplished uh, creator and you have a great body of work and you're still working. And, uh, and, and as you said, you know, now we're in this environment where attention is the, is the great prize and yeah. there's tons of 20 year olds out there, you know, photographers, designers, whatever, who are just flooding yeah. our attention with yeah. shit every day. Right. Um, what does that do for you? 
retreat, man. There's, I mean, you know, there's so much good stuff. Yeah. Or there's so much uh, execution level, some really beautiful things. It's boring. Mm. It's boring. Well, it's funny you say that. Like, you know, I think we're of a generation, or, or I should say, uh, you know, where uh, quality, you know, Ford had that slogan, quality is job, job one, one, right? Yeah. And that was so important because a lot of cars were shitty. <laughs> yeah. would break down and would like kill people. I mean, cars still kill people, but, but like, you know what I mean? Like, like it was, it was not until recently, it was not that easy to make a car that was reliable. Yeah. And now every car is reliable. The, you know, yeah. the cheapest Kia off the lot is like a fantastic right. machine. <clears throat> Cause right? planned obsolescence actually hurt their bottom line. Well, there's certainly that, yeah. and also just advancements in technology, and like there's a whole bunch of reasons why. Every it is really easy if you're a, if you're a, in the car business, you make good cars. Yeah, that wasn't true in the '70s and '80s. Right, Ford was like you know found on the road dead. Like there was all these quality issues, and I think that, that I'm I'm kind of off on a tangent about cars, <laughs> but that was true for everything, right? Like I a lot of stuff yeah. was a, a you know teenager interested in photography i took my one you know couple semesters of photography and getting a camera that didn't suck was a challenge mm. and you know <clears throat> having access to film and to a dark room and all that stuff that you had to do just to make decent photos not you know what i mean forget about right. the quality of my creativity right but just the production right aspects of that were not trivial right and so to your point, like now we're in a world where almost everything that we encounter is great quality. Whether yeah. It's, it's a know, baseline it's cars level. Of, it's a baseline level of great. On Instagram, like, yeah. like, yeah, I mean, you know, it, half the shit that I took on, on my like, you know, disposable cameras, uh, my 36 shot, you Fuji, know, whatever. Yeah, drop it off and save on. Like, it looks worse than everything on Instagram. Right. In terms of lighting and, you know, right. focus and that kind of stuff. Right. Um, so, you're right. Like, good, you know, great quality is essentially boring because it's, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. Yeah. It goes back. To, and then it becomes like, well, what's the voice or what's going to make it different or whatever, you know. Like, yeah. And that's been the, that's the thing. It's like, yeah, I mean, it sucks because like it's, I'm, I'm, I have this mental image of some stuff that I saw recently. I'm just like, man, this is really beautiful. And it's like, yeah, I'm kind of like, you're going to get work based off of just this general execution level. Right. But how are you, I'm presuming that you want to be great. Sure. And. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. Do people want to be great? I don't know. Do you talk to Do you talk to young artists, young designers? What, um, what do they want? I never ask them that. I don't. You know, I never ask them like what their motivation. What do you ask them? I kind of just want to see what they want to do or where their frustrations are. But mm. it's never been about like what's your motivation for doing this. You know, um, I remember I've, I, I did. I remember meeting one kid really feeling himself and I was like yeah your work is not that good yeah you know because the other thing is like putting something on social media is not 
a true crit. It's not a critique, sure. you know. Right. And everyone's supportive. Yeah. That's a beautiful thing, but it also prevents you from actually getting good because no one says your shit is no one says your shit stinks. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and we're almost in this cultural point where like critique is um, devalued. Right. In yeah. That, in that, like, yeah. Because because there became the idea of like being a hater, right. where it's like, why sure. are you getting in the way of me trying to shine? And it's like sometimes it's just like, yo, man, maybe your stuff's not that good, you know? Yeah. And it's like, and it's whack because like some sometimes people might, you know, in, in social media you're in this environment where everyone's supportive, but it wouldn't actually translate to success once you got into a, a commercial shot, mm -hmm. right? So mm -hmm. imagine like, you know, I'm trying to think of a good example like. Like, uh, it's like, like, you know, there's some like, uh, people that do kind of like either not vines, but little goofy jokes or, or really bad ones. Right. And they're mm -hmm. not funny. Mm -hmm. And for whatever particular reason, you know, maybe it's someone who's like super attractive. So like they get a lot of followers and people right. are like, yeah, whatever. But if that person actually got it, that person's not a, that person's not going to actually get a gig in comedy or whatever. And if they did, it would fall on its nose because it wasn't actually that good because people anonymously can now vote right. with their attention sure. and they're not going to give them attention. Yeah. You know, in, in, in the social media world, everyone's like upvoting and like whatever to make you feel good or yeah. to try to yeah, get noticed yeah. or whatever. Sure. But if you take, if, 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 if people actually got to, got to uh, participate in something based off their true, their true feelings about something, like a lot of these people would fail. Mm-hmm. You know, um, <clears throat> yeah, maybe like if someone had like a, like a clothing line or something, everyone's going to support them. Right. Because, yeah, you want some support, but sometimes it's not that good. Right. You know, and then once it goes out into the stores, no, no one's buying it or it's online and no one's buying it. It's like, well, guess what? It wasn't that great, actually. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's kind of whack because like I would want to share stuff with only my people who I really trust and are going to really give me like some true feedback. So is that what you do for your own kind of critique? I mean, at this point, I feel like I'm at a certain competency level that, like, I don't share that much stuff, mm -hmm. but I could. Like, I'm working on something that, like, I really don't want to share with people yet until I actually figure it out. Now, what's the point of me showing it? Right. What's the point of me saying, like, hey, I'm doing this? Like, so what? Right. I want to be like, hey, I did this. Yeah. And now, you know, now you can judge it because I, I think it's airtight. You know. Um, yeah. That's it. Is music still inspiring you, informing your, your process? I'm trying to find music that I like. Yeah. Like, it's not that drug anymore. You know what I mean? There's stuff that I'm like, yeah, this is cool. I want to put it on. But, like, you know, yeah. I used, used to get really excited about music and artists yeah. and whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, every so often somebody comes along and you're like, oh, they're exciting. You know? Who's that? Who's the last one you can think of? Oh, man. Uh, like, exciting? I mean, like, Kendrick was exciting. Yeah. You know? Um... Who else was exciting? Uh, I'm sure there's other people I just can't think of right now. Um, when I was at Complex, like like ASAP Rocky was exciting in a way. In a way. Yeah. Uh, just because you're like, oh, this guy's got a thing, mm -hmm. right? Like mm -hmm. like I said, like Kendrick had a thing, and, and Kendrick's obviously was obviously was exciting, you know. Um, no one comes to mind to me, and I'm sure there's people, but. Yeah, I mean, there's like individuals that are exciting, but not like like music-wise. You know, there's people that like were super into like one thing, and now like, I have a friend who was like, he was super into dance hall, and like dance hall got so boring. Right. He's into like Afrobeat now, mm -hmm. but that's kind of like all the same stuff. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But 
he was just because he's just looking for something that's like another culture has a certain kind of like danceable aspect to it they make a lot you know they're generating a lot there's excitement mm -hmm. about it um yeah you know it was or like you know when people were like were into like a, a like Baltimore, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was like, you know, everyone was just like looking for something to get super, sure. super pumped up about. You Absolutely. Know? Um, yeah, I think sometimes we just need that, like something different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then it's like, are you into like be more music now? No, you're not. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It was not like it was sure. like the thing. Right. Um, but it, and it doesn't excite you the way like maybe like hip hop did right. or whatever your hip hop, whatever your thing was. Like yeah, I mean I, that that worries me. Like I. You know, there's like, uh, you know, I, I think, again, when we were kids, like, there were these things that needed to be explored that hadn't been. Right. Hip-hop, punk rock. Right. You know, house music. Right. right. Like, there there were these, we had these itches that needed to be scratched. We didn't know they were there. Right. Until it showed up. Right. But they were clearly there. Like those things were meeting unmet needs. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. And I feel yeah. like we've reached a point in society where there are no unmet needs. Well, I think those unmet needs, it just hasn't been, they haven't figured out how to express it yet. Maybe, okay. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, I'm, that's more optimistic. Yeah. Position. I mean, there's always going to be something. Yeah. Okay. It's just not going to be in, it's not going to be in the way that we expect it to be or the way that we, our, our need, like, our need might have been uh, based off of feeling alienated. Yeah. Okay. Now the need is maybe it's feeling the need to be differentiated, possibly. You know, because be. every, like, I remember you told me, you're like, everyone's validated now. It's like you can have like 10 Twitter followers. Right. Someone's listening to you. Sure. You know, yeah. whereas before no one was listening to you. That's right. So, you know, now that everyone's paying attention, now the uniqueness of something is, is the value. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I think there's a there's 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 something there. There's there's always gonna be some something. It's just like our our our, our perspective, like me, like you and me, it's like our perspective is just different on it. I think. Yeah, because we're old. <coughs> yeah. Because <laughs> um, you're old. Is there a? Uh, <laughs> what about art? Are there young? Are there cats you're checking for? Uh yeah, probably. I'm not into art anymore, man. I'm okay. into like furniture. Okay. Yeah. Like, I'm into who, who like, are you fucking with for some furniture? Um, I like, you know, a lot of the stuff is like, like 70s, 80s modernism, okay. not yeah. 60s, not that vibe. And so, like, Italian shit is really dope to me. Um, like, now, there's a lot, I mean, there's a lot of people making kind of cool furniture and lamps and tables and chairs and shit but it's really i think the bigger thing is like the environment of something is really cool to me mm. um yeah again i can't like i'm never like the person that like named people off the bat but like um that's my interest now okay because there's a whole world of stuff that's some grown-up shit that's man. some grown-up yeah. shit yeah i mean it's a hard entry point because you got to spend like a thousand dollars just to fucking get a stool or some something like that you know yeah but yeah that's that's kind of like my that's like my interest interest right now just because i'm like oh that's cool like it's also like it was like it's also like a, a, a stuff that i used to check out when i was younger mm -hmm. like like weird my dad used to walk me through like when i was a kid through the pacific design center and I'm like i'm like you know on a weekend like all the all the showrooms and stuff they're closed but you could like see inside i was like why are we walking looking at furniture <laughs> you know what i mean right but um 
you'd see some dope things and it was like always like in the back of my head and then like you know pre-internet i didn't know how to access any of that stuff because i didn't know what it was like i knew sure. what a, i knew what a wassily chair was because i remember my dad talked about it but then i was like how do i find out about it there's mm -hmm. no way for me to find out about this stuff right so then as information became more accessible like people started finding stuff i was like oh yeah i used to be i used to see that and i remember that was like in my mind that was like inaccessible and so i'm like interested in it right and it was like it was it was a level of design mm -hmm. that was weird mm -hmm. right and like only only people only like rock stars or, <laughs> or or like art collectors in in new york had them you know i'm talking about like a wasley church yeah, yeah, sure. so i was just like oh what is that you know yeah. and so there yeah there's like a value and attraction to it and so then that like opened the door to like a whole you know world of stuff and so like that's like what i was into what i what i became into and shit so speaking of furniture you gave me my first bed. Oh, word? Yeah. Like, I think before that, I had a futon. Which one did I give you? Which one? Uh, a, a mattress a that mattress. I threw on the floor. Like, I was... Uh, Do you still have it? <laughs> no, no. no, but I, I definitely had it past, like, the warranty, uh, for sure. But I remember I moved into an apartment in Culver City. And, yeah. like, and, and so I, I appreciate that. I don't know if I thanked you properly. Oh man, you're, you're welcome. I got some good, uh, good nights of sleep. I was, I was, uh, all these years I was waiting for, uh, so some props and some love on that. Now we're even. Yeah. Um, let's, uh, let's go through the lightning round before I, okay. um, we're going to get kicked out of here. Okay. Um, what's your favorite city to travel to? Favorite city. Oh man. Uh, Um, between for the adventure, okay. Uh, Barcelona is really cool. Yeah. Why? Why you say it like you were? No, like, you were like, damn, that was my answer. No, like, no, no, because <laughs> it's like uh, so many people have told me that. Yeah. And, I've, and I still haven't been. Oh and it's man, like it's nice. Eating at me that I yeah, need to go to Barcelona. It's a cool. It's it's dope, man. And it's also like easy to get around. It's like yeah. contained. It's got a lot of activity. It's 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 dope and it's yeah, it's a beautiful city. Nice. Good vibe. Yeah. Maybe Barcelona. Who's your favorite Frick. DJ? Oh dude. Uh as far as like a party? Sure. Man, um Yeah, someone you've seen live. Um I like that's really that's man, that's a tough one, dude. Like there used to be these really good, you know, like when Spinner used to do like these parties and like it was Spinner and like, like Rich. the wonderful parties. Yeah, the wonderful parties. That yeah. was great, yeah. you know. Um, like and when and also in, like Rich, yeah. Rich Medina was. I mean, that's just a good party sure. storytelling. Absolutely. Like favorite DJ. Wow, that was crazy. As far as like 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 turntable, like like scratching shit or what, I mean, um, it's it's just too many, dude. Yeah. You know, Cubert, fucking Premiere, all that kind of stuff. What uh, what's the last great book you read? <laughs> great book, uh -huh. as opposed to uh, a minor, yeah, minor, not a minor tome. Um, man, it was a while ago. There was uh, what was it called? The Unwanted. It was this. Uh, I forget the, the author. Kind something. It was about this. It's this dude who he's half Vietnamese. Basically. Uh, it was the biography, the autobiography of this guy who, during the Vietnam War, uh, was left behind, and he's mm. half, uh, he's half white, and um, after the U.S. pulls out, he's, 
he's there and just all this kind of like fucked up shit that happened to him because it kind of yeah. makes me think like uh what if that was me yeah yeah crazy yeah what movie do you think you've seen the most in your life star wars okay yeah the first one i mean the episode three yeah 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 uh, probably star four. wars what was it Star Wars or uh, <laughs> or Dazed and Confused. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's a good it's a good balance. Yeah. Man, Dazed and Confused is great. Do you still fuck with all the Star Wars? Yeah, I took my dad to see the last the last one. We just discovered totally you know, I have a ten year old son, so he's like all about Star Wars. Okay. But like all of them, all twelve of them, right. whatever. Um, but uh, we just discovered that there was an animated series. Yeah. Called the Clone Adventures War. of R two D two and C three PO. Like oh the, yeah, that was like on ABC. So we're trying to find it online. We have I, I got to search YouTube this weekend. Okay, yeah. But my son's like geeked up about finding that. You know what's cool? It's cool that like, like Star Wars was so groundbreaking when it came out. Yeah. Like again, it's like there are people that just grew up with like sure. it's, it's just been there. Yeah, yeah. Just the idea of, like there was the world before Star Wars. Mm -hmm. And then the world after Star Wars, like it, that, it just it just created all this stuff that never existed before. The fact that there's kids now that still have that, and literally kids, right? Yeah. That still have that attraction to it. Yeah. Because it's really special. Like they're the world that it creates is really specific and really really dope. And even though there's so many things that like spun off of it, <clears throat> the fact that they recognize the the, the original stuff is is pretty dope. Sure. Yeah. Um. Lightning round. It's a very fast lightning round. Man, it's going by me. What style of yours are you glad is behind you and not on social media? What style? Yeah, like personal style. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's sort of like how I dress yeah, and yeah, whatever. Yeah. Yo, you know what's really funny? It's like, I used to have a problem with pants. Okay. Yeah, I can never find pants that I, that, 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 that I was happy with. So, like, what were you rocking? Oh, dude. Well, there's like the whole like Z Cavaricci uh -huh. era, right? Oh, I don't picture you in those. Well, we'll have thank to put God. Out pictures of yeah. Z Cavaricci because that's like a moment yeah. in time for yeah. sure. Yeah. No, for, for some reason. Like, I never fucked with those. I had parachute pants. Parach I don't, you know, I'm not so mad about parachute pants nah, as long sure. as they're like somewhat tapered. I think mine were tight, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, no, actually, if it's tight, it's actually, it looks cool too. Like if it's like regular yeah, fitting, was, right? Yeah. <clears throat> You know what, man? Early 90s style was actually kind of, you know, people looked kind of like mad bummy. You uh -huh. know? Like, oh, yeah. You know, like fucking giant ass cargo pants. Yeah, and, yeah, didn't wear shit that didn't Yeah, fit. yeah, yeah. So that's a little bit like, I'm, I'm, a, I would, I'm a little embarrassed by that. If you could wake up tomorrow having gained one quality or ability, what would it be? Uh, to play music. What would you play? Well, I'm trying to learn piano. Oh, don't. Like, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like everyone learns piano when they're like, Seven, uh -huh. <laughs> you know, like, you're in a class with a bunch of yeah. seven-year-olds. <laughs> it's Will Ferrell, teacher. <laughs> um, yeah, piano's dope, man. Like, uh, if I could play like James Booker, I mean, that's that's a high, that's an extra high bar. Sure, but I like the sound of like key. I like I like just the tones and melodies and like 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 organ, like like uh, like Jimmy Smith or even nice. like you know like any of that stuff is just like I love that sound. Dope. Yeah. yeah. Let us know, man. We'll come to the show. Oh, you're going to hold your breath. <laughs> um, if I worked for you, what's something I would hear you say over and over? Uh, 
<laughs> You'd have to ask people that work for me. Um, uh, wh what were you thinking? <laughs> nice. That sounds like fun. Yeah, you seem like a tough, tough boss. I mean, in, in a good way. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, I'm a tough boss in the sense of, like, I'm not going to just, like, poop on you immediately. I, I do need to be like, okay, what am I looking at? Oh, yeah. what am I looking at? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So they'll want to, like, when I, when I had designers uh, working under me at Complex, uh, when I was creative director at Complex, I had a team of folks, and uh, they would show me stuff, and I'm just like, because it's digital, it's like, okay, what state is this actually in? Right. You know what I mean? Because everything can look finished. And it's sure. like, are you, are you in a sketch phase? Are you in a final phase? Like, what right, do you think? Right, so, right. Like, so I'm like, I might have some initial, like, yo, that looks whack. But I'm just like, I'm not going to, like, like, tear you down like that. I'm going to be like, where are you with this? Right. So, yeah, what am I looking at? They're like, we're done. Yeah. I'm like, like nah, you got <laughs> to go back. Yeah, I'm looking at some shite. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. Dude, thanks for doing this, man. This is fun. Cool, man. Thank you. I know I put you on the spot a bunch, which is awesome. I appreciate you letting oh, me doing that. Uh, you're welcome. Um, <laughs> uh, thanks. Where should people um, check out your work and follow what you're um, doing? I mean, there's a bunch of old stuff that needs to be updated on BrentRollins.com. Uh, Instagram is Brenttronic, B-R-E-N-T-R-O-N-I-C. I don't really post anything new there. Cool. So, like, my life is my life. Um, but I'm looking forward to unleashing some stuff that I've been working on that is more sculptural. Oh, dope. Um, when it's ready. Can't wait yeah. to see. Yeah, me neither. Nice. You know, it was Brent Rollins on Rebel Radio. I hope you enjoyed it. I know I did. Uh, make sure you leave us a comment, send me a note, tell me what you think, tell me what's on your mind. I want to know. Actually, don't really. I kind of want to know. I want to know a little bit. It's not like keeping me up at night or anything, but love to hear from you. Twitter is at Rebel Radio Net. Facebook at Rebel Radio Net. There's uh, videos of a lot of our episodes on our YouTube channel. And most importantly, come back next week for more Rebel Radio. Peace. <laughs>